Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. After a hot start, North Carolina allowed Louisville to cut the lead to five in the second half, but here's the thing. Coach Davis let the guys figure it out on their own, and boy, figure it out they did. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, January 18th, 2024. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. Joining me today on Thursday this week is our guy, Coach Pat Kilby, as we unpack a Carolina victory. We want to thank you everydayers in particular for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listener watch to get your Tar Heels content every day. If you're brand new to the show or you're coming back uh, again for a visit, we're so glad you're here and we want to encourage you to come join the Locked on Tar Heels Discord where we're talking Carolina all day long. Though It's free to join. The link for that is in the show notes. This episode, it's brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, Pack, we are celebrating a Carolina victory over Louisville, 86 to 70. I think a lot of people thought this was going to be another Biscuits game, but it was not. The Tar Heels are 6-0 and in ACC play, one of just four Power 6 teams who are still undefeated in conference play. If I triviaed everyone, you would probably not get the other three, but it's Auburn, Alabama, and Oregon. That's right. As we record right now, Pack, even after what I think a lot of people probably thought was a less than stellar offensive and defensive game, Carolina is still seventh at Ken Palm, 15th in offensive efficiency, and still fifth in defensive efficiency. But Pack, here's the thing I think that everyone's going to want to be talking about following this game. What on earth happened in the second half? Well, you know, it was just kind of a sloppy start right out of the gate there in the second half. And um, I think there's some credit that deserves to be given to Louisville. That's right. Um, You know, I think at one point they were five of six from three in the second half. So they came out kind of hot and they even hit some tough shots. Well, I thought we were there and they just they went in, especially Sky Clark. He he really got going in the second half. And so um, it was sloppiness on our end mixed with them hitting some shots. And, uh, you know, before you know it, they were right back in the game. And Carolina had to figure out how to respond to it and figure it out. And so uh, – and they did that, kind of like you mentioned earlier in the, in the cold open. They, they did figure it out. And Coach Davis allowed them to, which uh, goes back to kind of the Coach Williams era. I love it. Absolutely. Are you going to call a timeout? Or are you not going to call a timeout? No, I'm not going to call a timeout. These guys got to figure it out, and that's exactly what they did. I think that's my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is that, look, would you have loved to blitz Louisville the entire game like you did? What a great start for Carolina Pack. You and I were texting about it. It was like, man, this is great. 
It's just like the Syracuse game. That's what we were looking for. But uh, down the stretch of the first half, and as you said at the beginning of the second half, Louisville, man, kind of found themselves a little bit. They, For those who haven't been paying attention, as not good as they are, they have been playing better of late, the last three games to be specific. And, Pac, I really appreciated that Coach Davis let these guys dig themselves out of their own hole, basically. Um, that is what a team has to learn to be able to do. A coach cannot be the one to always bail you out. And this team is talented, they are experienced, and they are veteran. As we've said multiple times this season, they are the fifth most experienced team in D1, according to Ken Palm. And so, Pack, it's critically important that Hubert Davis doesn't always have to come bail them out of jail or when they forget their lunch money for elementary school, their mom comes and brings it to them or whatever it is. And, Pack, you as a coach, tell us why that's important for a team to be able to find their own way out of this kind of hole. Well, you got to think about um, just the leadership that's developed, the chemistry. Um, you know, the some of the best teams are formed by going through some trials together. And uh, actually all of the best teams are formed through going through trials and being tested and then overcoming them. And that's exactly what they did today. And, you know, you could look at it and go, but it's Louisville. But there's lessons to be learned from that, you know. And, and you know, the thing is, is when you can learn those lessons and still win, that's a win-win situation. And that's exactly what we were able to do. We were able to get the win, um, still a double-digit win, and learn lessons about not taking our foot off the gas and not getting sloppy and locking in defensively for an entire 40 minutes. And so um, there were lots of lessons to be learned, but we still got the win in doing so. So I'm very, very pleased with that. And for me, Pac, the moment where it all flipped is um, lo the lowest the margin got was five. And then Carolina, you know, it had bounced back and forth a little bit. The lead, the, the lead was seven, and Louisville had the ball with a chance to get it down to five or even four. Um, Sky Clark got the ball on the right wing with about 14 or so seconds left on the shot clock. Uh, shot clock, excuse me. I'm talking about Sky Clark. Um, and and he was the dude that did it for Louisville. He was their leading scorer, 16 points, 6 of 12 shooting, 4 of 5 from 3. In fact, that's critical because who's on him at this moment? Seth Trimble. And Seth goes out on him. Sky Clark tries to make a move on the right wing. Nothing. He takes him across the top of the key. There's a screen set. Seth Trimble fights his way over the screen. Doesn't go under it, Pack. That's critically important. You can't be going under those screens. Stays with Sky Clark all the way to the left wing. Sky Clark now tries to come into the paint. Seth Trimble's with him every step of the way. And then Clark has to just settle for this off-balance fadeaway mid-range two. That's exactly the shot you want to force. And then what happens? Jalen Washington gets the rebound, pitches ahead to RJ Davis as he falls on his butt. Um, RJ shoots this ridiculously long outlet pass to Harrison Ingram. The end of the possession is that RJ winds up with a three. Carolina's lead is back to 10. It never gets back under eight. And at that point, the Tar Heels are ultimately in control. Pack, that was the turning point for me. Why do I say that? Because once again, Carolina does it with defense. This is the calling card of this team. Yes, it is. You know, I they can't win at the level we want them to and at the level they want to without the defense. And 
that's where we, you, I mean, you nailed it. That's where we found our turning point tonight was uh, really digging in on the defensive end, uh, especially Seth Trimble, which he does very consistently for us and creating a big energy play. Mm. And, you know, something I wanted to talk about uh, that I meant to mention just a moment ago when I was talking, but, you know, about Hubert letting this team play through this yeah. and figure yeah. it out. You know, you got to remember, even though this is the most experienced team or the fifth most experienced team in, in Division One, these guys haven't always played together. That's right. And That's a great point. Coming from, you know, Notre Dame or Brown or wherever. And so they have to, though they may be experienced, they have to develop that chemistry within themselves. And that is a big, big thing, you know, going through those trials, but learning to trust each other play together that's that was what i really took away from tonight was our being able to do it to do that um and then lock in on the defensive end like you mentioned i think that's what really turned it around for us that's good man uh yeah i just love this staple of things as you said going back to coach williams letting them play through it we know coach smith did that as well and pack another massive part of carolina being able to do this uh, a key contributor was a guy going against his former team in jalen withers and pack i could not be happier for jalen to have had his best game as a tar heel we've seen it coming right uh we've been talking about how just little like let's think just remember back folks we were concerned about Jalen Withers. We weren't comfortable when he had the ball in his hands. He wasn't playing well. He hadn't figured out his role. But here he is, just step at a time, game after game, figuring it out and really becoming a critical part of this Tar Heel unit. I mean, when you add the starting five, plus Withers, Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington off the bench, my goodness, that is an eight that I'll go to war with any day. And that's the number you need is eight. But, Pac, in this game, Jalen Withers, uh, 15 points, 10 boards to lead Carolina. That's the most rebounds of anyone on the team. His first double-double as a Tar Heel, season high in points and rebounds. And But I think perhaps even more important is, yet again, just one turnover. Pac, you and I were talking about it on the live reaction show, but he had, if I remember the number correctly, nine turnovers in the first 16 games of – or first six games of the season. And since then – just six in the most recent, like 11 or something like that. But it's changed, whatever the specifics of it are, it's changed dramatically. And he's taking such better care of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I'll be the first person to tell you um, that I was on the, I'm questioning Jalen Withers train. Listen, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll line up right behind you as number two. And, but I'll also be the first person to tell you, I couldn't be more thrilled for him. Like, uh, playing your form, former team, it's almost as if he had this game marked on his calendar. Uh, he he was locked in. He was ready to go. And, boy, did he really prove how valuable he is and can continue to be uh, tonight. And, you know, it's like you said, he's gotten better with the turnovers. He's gotten more consistent in his role. Uh, and just tonight I thought he was super efficient. He didn't force anything. He let the game come to him. Uh, I don't know that he missed a field goal. At one point, he was five for five. That's right. I think there was one he missed. I'm looking at the – there was one he missed right after that. He's five of six. Okay. So, I mean, still very, very efficient. Um, did a great job for us tonight, not only scoring but rebounding. Uh, what he brings for us athletically in the press when we pick up full court. Uh, just some of the freakish finishes he had tonight. Um, the, the live ball that he dribbled up on the sideline while they were – 
sliding into his legs that led to an R.J. Davis three in the corner. I mean, he's just some really big stuff tonight. And so I'm very, very happy for him and really hoping we can continue to get that Jalen Withers moving forward. Man, I tell you, the com- the duo of he and Seth Tremble in the defense that they can bring together coming off the bench, there are not many, if any, teams in America that are bringing guys that high level off the bench. Peck, speaking of high-level athleticism, we got to talk about this Elliott Cadeau dunk in transition. Plus, we got the rest of the Four Corners uh, recap coming up for you in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed or power or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. This episode is also brought to you by our good friends at LinkedIn. Hey, at the start of the new year right here, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's one move I can make this year that'll take my business to the next level? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why they've created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's not just some other job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals making hiring insanely easy when you have that many quality candidates to choose from. We got big plans to grow this show in 2024. And if we end up deciding to hire, we know that having the right teammate and finding them through LinkedIn jobs could help us do just that. All of this is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs also knows that small businesses are wearing a ton of hats and may not have the time or resources to hire. But thankfully, with LinkedIn, that process is intuitive, it's quick, and boy, is it easy. So post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Again, that's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Isaac Shade and Pat Kilby coming at you following Carolina's 86-70 victory over Louisville. That 70 points means, unfortunately, Carolina's streak of holding all their opponents to 70 points or fewer is over. But, Pat, I guess we could say holding their opponents to 70 or fewer. We could say it that way. And then it's still intact. Uh, So, you know, I'm just messing with the math. That's all I'm doing over here. All right. We're going to get into our four corners uh, recap of this game. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can see that we have now pulled up the box score so that you can look at it as we talk. Pack, why don't you get us into the Four Corners recap? Yeah, coming right off the bat here at number one is Elliot Cadeau. I mean, uh, you know, I you look at his box score and you're like, eh, you know, it's not the best game in the world, uh, not his worst. But first of all, let's talk about the dunk. Woo, man. Just from the steal off of the baseline out of bounds uh, to to give himself a chance to get fast break points. And then the way he set it up, you know, he kind of slowed down. He had the ball in his palm there. 
I thought he was just going to go lay it in real nice and smooth, get the easy two. And then he rose up and turned that thing over on him and uh, really showed just how athletic he really is. And so that was a big, big time play. Also, quickly, I also loved it because he had he's he stared down the Louisville. I don't remember who it was. He stared down the Louisville guy for a second there. He, well, he, he knew what he had done. Yeah. You've got to, you know, especially your first dunk in a Carolina uniform. You gotta you gotta was let that him know. That, that was his first dunk. That was his first dunk as a Carolina. Yeah, no, player, I yes. missed somehow yeah. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Wow. So that was a and that was a good one too. And so uh, that play was a big time play. Uh, but also, you know, he was two for four from the field, but those two times that he did score were big mo- big moments, you know, when Louisville was maybe knocking on the door a little bit and Elliot went and got to the lane and uh, got one off the glass a couple times there. Um, three assists, three steals. That's one of the underrated parts of his game is he's he's got really quick hands and he finds a – kind of has a knack, finds a way to, to get his hands on the ball and disrupt defensively. And so um, just a really nice game from him, but love seeing that athletic dunk. Yeah, very much so. And he's just, I know as you you were talking about this on our live post game, is that the confidence just isn't there with his shot. He's got the capability. He's going to get there. But man, he's affecting the game in every other way. And I'm really encouraged by that pack. Let's get to our second thing in our four corners recap. And that's Carolina's assist numbers. They had 19 assists on 29 made baskets in this game. I think at one point it was like eight of 11 uh, in terms of assist percentage, but that 19 of 29 is 65 and a half percent, which is the second highest assist percentage this season behind only the Tennessee game. And what's neat is that it wasn't reliant on just RJ or just Elliot. In fact, while RJ led the team with six assists uh, to go along, by the way, with his six rebounds and 21 points, Armando, five assists, Harrison Ingram, five assists in this game. You love to see that from both of these guys, but here's what I also love, Pac. Harrison Ingram, five assists, zero turnovers. Armando Baycott, five assists, two turnovers. That, that, that is what Carolina needs, not just from the backcourt doing it, but from the front court as well. No doubt. Yeah, just to see um, Armando be able to get, and he got all five of his assists in the first half. That's right. And so he was really dishing that thing, and um, really, when he's doing that, boy, that makes us really, really tough to guard. And so that was great to see. Uh, number three here in the four corners, rebounding. Carolina wins the rebounding battle 40-28, to 28, making this the sixth straight game we've won the rebounding battle. And not just won it, but won it by seven or more rebounds. And so uh, really ever since the UConn game, Carolina has committed to the class, and they've made that uh, – very, very important. Starting. Can I, can I correct that, though, and say UConn, Kentucky, Oklahoma, and then after the Oklahoma game? Yes, sorry. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Um, and so the way, way we've committed to the glass has been just big time. It's changed, changed us as a team uh, drastically, I feel like, and uh, made not only our defense better, but made our offense better. Uh, 12 offensive rebounds tonight. Uh, sixth straight game with 12-plus offensive rebounds. So um, just our commitment to the class has been really, really good. and uh, That's always been a staple of Carolina basketball. So seeing us get back to that has been been great. And I, I love that Carolina did – I mean, plus 12 on the glass. 
and Armando Baycott only has seven and Harrison Ingram only has four. Dude, like when, you know, we're, we're going to talk about offensive balance in a little bit, but when you have this kind of defensive balance or rebounding balance, when Armando doesn't have to do it all, Harrison doesn't have to do it all because a guy like Jay Witt's coming in and getting 10, dude, that is so, so good for this team. And that, you know, I just said it, offensive balance, that is our fourth thing in our four corners recap. Um, Pack, uh, we talked about Elliot having five points, but the other four starters were all in double digits, plus Jalen uh, Withers. RJ had 21, Armando 19, Jay Witt 15, Cormac Ryan 14, and Harrison Ingram with 10. And Pack, I, I just don't know, like, at what point does what RJ is doing become like, oh, okay, fine. He got 20 points again. I mean, at this point, he's got. Uh, 11 20 point games this season. If I have my memory correct in 17 games, he's now 41.9% from three on the season. He's almost up to 90. What, what did we say the percentage was on his, uh, free throw shooting? Gosh, I've already forgotten it. We were talking about it just a little bit ago. Forgive me while I pull that back up real quick, folks. Uh, 95.7 from the free throw line this year. He's made 67 of 70. He's up over uh, 50 made threes. He's made 52 this year in just 17 games. You better believe he is on pace to set the Carolina all-time record for made threes in a season pack. Uh, this offensive balance uh, you, you talked about it on the live reaction show, but just another word or two pack about why that balance makes it so difficult on an opponent. Yeah, the, the balance makes it very tough because the defense has to decide what what are we going to try to take away? Um, are you going to try to take away Armando? Um, are you going to try to take away the three-point line, which we have multiple guys shooting really well from out there now? And so, um, and when, when Armando's got five assists in the first half, you really can't take away, you know, you can't double off on Armando because then it's advantage offense and he's passing out and uh, we're getting whatever shot we want. And so um, that that balance is is really key. And hopefully we can maintain that moving forward. Um, and the key to it is just sharing the basketball. And this team seems to have really bought into that, that togetherness, playing together and uh, really sharing it. And that that makes us all the tougher to guard. You know, in addition to playing together, it's also good to play hard and play smart. Yeah. I heard a, a, a guy named Dean Smith apparently said that one time. <laughs> He's pretty wise. <laughs> Pack, is Cormac Ryan finally finding his stroke? We've got the Kilby stat of the game and the Shady stat of the game coming up for you in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs just kicked off, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's a bunch of different ways to bet. Things like same-game parlays or their new Explore tab that helps you find bets you want. They've also got Final Four odds. How about this? Purdue plus 170. Arizona plus 230, Houston and Yukon plus 250, and then Carolina and Auburn tied at plus 390. So if you want to get in on that action or others, visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Pack, let's get the good folks the Kilby and Shady stats of the game. Plus, we got a shout out for Armando, and we want to kind of look at the state of where the ACC is now after Wednesday night's action. So my stat of the game is Cormac Ryan going four of seven from the three-point line tonight. Um, really seemed to find his rhythm, his confidence, his comfort level seems very high. Um, just, you know, knocking down four threes. Um, and he started four of four, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Absolutely. He did. And so he came out hot. And, um, you know, I think what that does for him is just – and really seems to the last couple of games is starting to get back on the right track, um, you know, as far as his comfort level and his confidence seems to be skyrocketing. Tonight, his uh, performance tonight, four for seven from three, gets him above 30% from the three-point <laughs> line on the season, which – uh, it, when you first hear it, when I first heard it, that kind of shocked me a little bit because we brought him in to be a shooter. But there's been some struggles, and that's part of it. Uh, to be a shooter, you got to be somewhat of a psycho. you just got to keep shooting the rock, no matter if it's going in or not. And so he's doing that, and it's starting to go in. So let's keep doing that, quarterback. There was a psycho uh, at courtside on Wednesday night, back in yes, the form of psycho T. Love that. Um, yeah, I love, and here's what I love with Cormac Ryan, man, is it doesn't matter if all of that is not falling. This dude is engaged and he's finding other ways to impact the game. And I think that's just critically important. Again, it just goes with the experience of a veteran team. My shady stat of the game actually kind of builds on the Kilby stat of the game because the Tar Heels as a collective team were 10 of 22 from three in this game. That's 45 and a half percent. Why do I bring that up? Well, because it's the most threes they've made in an ACC game this season, and it's the highest three-point percentage they've made in a game this season. So not only did they take a ton, but they made a ton at an efficient clip. That's what we expect this Carolina team to be able to do consistently. And so hopefully, if Cormac is on the right path now, uh, that he can join with what RJ's doing, with what Harrison Ingram's doing, and kind of collectively, and, and Seth, Trimble at a, a smaller sample size um, is doing from three. And so in this game, not only did four, Cormac make four, as um, Pac talked about, RJ had four, and then Harrison Ingram had the other two. That's it. Three-point shooting for both our stats of the game. All right. I want to shout out Armando Baycott for moving into fourth place on the all-time Carolina scoring list. He passes the great, great Lenny Rosenbluth, who had 2047. Armando, now after scoring 19 in this game, has 2061. In fact, this is hard to believe, but the only three names in front of him all time in scoring at Carolina are Sam Perkins, who's next up, Phil Ford second, and then T. Hands, who we just referenced in first. He's not going to catch up to Tyler Hansborough, folks, who has 2,872 career points. But I'll tell you what, 
everything plays out the way it should, Armando Baycott's going to finish his Tar Heel career second all-time in Carolina scoring. He's, gosh, I'm just doing rough math, but about 80 behind Sam Perkins and then about 229 behind Phil Ford. So very well could finish in second place there. Pack, what a career for this man in number five. Yeah, he's had quite a career, hasn't he? Um, just that's unbelievable. You know, sitting there looking at those numbers he's put up, but also the names around him. Uh, and, you know, I just hope as Carolina fans, we're not taking it for granted because I feel like sometimes we do. Uh, but, you know, we're watching history and it's really cool to see. Uh, well deserved for Baycott. Well deserved. All right, Pac, let's just give a quick update on the ACC standings. Um, There were three ACC games on Wednesday night in addition to Carolina's. Uh, The one that everyone saw because it bled over into the Carolina game. It's like Saturday, we got robbed of the end of the game. On Wednesday, we got robbed of the beginning of the game. So uh, ESPN as as an organization owes us about eight minutes of game time. Anyway, um, uh, Florida State. Man, they are cruising right now. They won at Miami. What What are the Hurricanes doing, bro? Come on. Thankfully, Miami didn't foul at the end of the game, so they got to the Carolina game a little bit quicker. And then Virginia got a needed win over Virginia Tech in Charlottesville. Virginia's winning all the time at home and losing all the time on the road. So that makes the ACC standings. Carolina, as we said, is one of just four undefeated pack, uh, Power Six conference teams in conference play. Uh, right behind the Tar Heels are NC State and FSU at 5-1, and one, Duke at 4-1. and one, They just haven't played their sixth game yet. Wake Forest at 4-2. and two. But, Pac, after that, every other ACC school has at least three losses. Virginia has three. Miami has three. Clemson has four. And then everyone else is just, you know, not teams I think we're remotely concerned about. So, Carolina... Pack, regardless of if they win the regular season or not, they are well on their way to one of those coveted top four seeds, which gets a double buy in the ACC tournament. Yes, and that goes back to what we talked about, you know, at the beginning of the year um, about making the ACC very important. Carolina's done that. They've got themselves off to a great start. They're setting themselves up for the ACC tournament, the NCAA tournament. Um, just keep taking it one game at a time. And uh, keep that. Let's hope to keep the zero in that loss column. Keep it rolling. Well, Carolina is going to have an opportunity to do just that on Saturday at Boston College. Again, that game is going to be on the CW, folks. So good luck finding your way there in Conti form. I think the tip is like 215 or something random like that. Uh, so make sure you're ready for that. Coach Rob is going to join me on tomorrow's show to help us get ready and prepared for that game. Um, uh, folks, by the way, if you didn't check out the live post game reaction that Pac and I did, um, uh, you can make sure to check that out as well. I'm going to drop it into the audio feed as well. I'm going to start doing that with our post game reactions. And so we'll do that. I'm going to have a live post game on Saturday as always. Pac, you got a game or you want to join me? Uh, hopefully we'll be playing in the championship of our tournament on Saturday. All right, so you're not going to join me, but we'll be cheering you on. Folks, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You can follow us on Twitter. Come join the Discord again. It's free. The link's in the show notes. Subscribe to the show on video and audio. Please, if you would, rate and review us five stars. Talk about why you love it. For those watching, smash the like button so we know that you were here. 
Pack and I both want to let you know that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll talk with you again tomorrow, but until then, peace.